the anxiety of performing definitely like dwindled down as I grew up and I was just more excited than anything. I think I was really in my element for sure. She's a singer-songwriter from Cleveland, Ohio. You may know her from her songs, I Hate Strangers or Habits. Please welcome Kelsey Olivia to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Excited to have this conversation with you and, you know, get a little behind the scenes to your music. Yeah, absolutely. So what was your first experience with music like or what made you first, you know, get into music? Yeah, I think I kind of always did some type of music, I guess. I mean, I was always a singer as a kid. I was always a writer. But my family, I have a very big family and um, none of them are musicians. <laughs> They're actually all um, athletes. So me mm-hmm. kind of coming out of the gate with music was really, really interesting. But um, yeah, I kind of always was a singer. And I think I started writing when I was really young. I want to say like maybe nine years mm-hmm. old, which sounds yeah. odd. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, being the only one in your family with music, was there any pushback when you sort of made it clear that music was what you wanted to do, or were they open to the idea of you trying music? My family was very supportive, so in the beginning, like, I didn't, you know, tell my extended family, they kind of didn't have any idea, but my immediate family, like, they were very supportive of it, and so, um, yeah, I would say it was pretty easy, I mean, setbacks just come from you know learning and moving forward and kind of doing it in a sense of like on my own um so yeah yeah and so was there ever a thought of you know following your family and you know trying to do athlete or anything other than music or was it just music from the start um no it was just music I I never was athletic as a kid. I mean, I played a lot of sports. I was a cheerleader for a very long time of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my family is filled with football players, you know, volleyball players, soccer players. So um, all good sports. But uh, no, I was definitely the creative kid of the bunch. <laughs> yeah. And did that, did that sort of like slowly come naturally or was there sort of a moment that made you say, hey, maybe like, I think this is what I want to do. Like, I think music is for me. Yeah, sure. Um, I think it just kind of happened naturally. It was something I always wanted to do. And I, you know, in a weird sense, I had a lot of it planned out from a very early age. I mean, I didn't start recording music until early this year. So um, I was 18. But I remember, you know, making Instagram handles and TikTok handles and Twitter handles of my music when I was 15. And keeping mm-hmm. that, you know, because I knew I was going to do something with them. So it was, you know, it kind of was a gradual expansion of what was going on. But I think I kind of always knew I'd be doing something with it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, like you mentioned, you're pretty pretty new to, you know, releasing music, recording, like, in a more professional way. What tips or advice would you give to other people you know in that situation just starting to release music and just now starting to try to build their careers yeah I think one thing I would be cautious of that I'm learning is be very strategic about where you put your money 
I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people talk about or don't talk about in the right way, I would say. Like, you know, no matter what financial background you come from, there's always a smart way to put your money somewhere. And I think just being cautious of what you're investing it in and, you know, what's worth it more, the advertisements for the equipment and, you know, just kind of going back and forth with that. And, you know, as far as just releasing music is just, I just, I mean, I think just like not being afraid to do it. I mean, there's millions of people that do it every day. And like, no matter, you know, kind of where you come from or your grounding, it's always, if it's authentic to you, there's a really high chance it's going to be authentic to other people too. And I would say just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, being new in this space, have you stuck more to just recordings or have you done any live performances live shows like yeah um and so what what was your sort of first uh live show like sure so I actually did my first live show last week funny enough it was Mm -hmm. in Columbus Ohio so I'm from Cleveland Ohio but I attend school in Columbus and I opened for a wonderful wonderful act her name is Marcy um m-a-r-c-i she's great and she's very talented and I got in contact with them I played at the venue called the basement and I got in contact with them because I was actually doing oh the so there's the cover of my song you must when I'm famous which just came out details like a billboard with like my name on it and it's a marquee and we had some conceptual ideas for that and I, you know, we tick, we typically stick to like editing and just, you know, putting stuff into already existing photos, but I was like, I don't want to do something real, (laughs) picturesque like that. So uh, there's a really popular venue down in Columbus called the Newport. Uh, It's a very famous venue. It's a very old venue. A lot of names have passed through there and I kind of sent a Hail Mary email and I, um, it was like, hey, like I reached out to them. I was like, hey, would you mind like taking whatever artist's name down and putting it up for a cover? And they were so polite and so nice and reluctant to agree. And that's how we got that cover. And they actually referred me over to the other venue, the basement, who reached out and was like, oh, we love your stuff. Like, we'd love if you played. Um, so that was last week. So that was definitely super fun. I had a really mm-hmm. fun time. Yeah. And what was that sort of moment like for you when you first, you know, got up there to perform? It felt, in a sense, it felt very, very relaxing. I know a lot of people, like, get very nervous before, like, they perform in front of people. I've never been that person. I think, you know, growing up doing talent shows and auditions for a bunch of things and you know, just trying to surround myself with a bunch of creative people. I think the anxiety of performing definitely like dwindled down as I grew up and I was just more excited than anything. I think I was really in my element for sure. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Bond Touch. Bond Touch is committed to creating healthier and happier relationships. And in order to achieve that, they created the Bond Touch. This bracelet is designed to bridge the distance between relationships by enabling touch to be sent over any distance. The app and services that come with the bracelet provide the intimate space relationships need to have fun, learn, and grow. Bond Touch has over a million users and averages 2.5 million touches 
every week. The longest distance ever recorded between two touch band users were 12,000 miles. Use a bond touch to send a touch to a loved one wherever, whenever. Defeat the distance by using Bond Touch's app and bracelet to connect with others. Just wear a bracelet of your own that's paired with another and touch the screen to send their band vibrations that mimic your touch. Keep a special someone close with every touch kept in the app ready for replay. Decorate your devotion with unique styles, customizable bands, and custom message colors. Learn more about all features of the Bond Touch itself at bond-touch.com and use my discount code BONDBBHEROIC at checkout for 5% off any Bond Touch order. Go order a Bond Touch, Bond Touch More, or a Bond Heart now and use code BONDBBHEROIC for 5% off your order at checkout. You're, you're still pretty early on, but has there been anything that sort of made you uh second guess or question if music really was the right path or have you sort of just kept going at it and had a constant you know flow of creativity yeah um i don't think anything is questioned if it you know if i was going to stop it or not i have definitely had my struggles with school obviously juggling Mm -hmm. A career with college is very difficult and it's yeah. not um it's not an easy thing to manage for anybody and you know it it's not really heard of you know there's a lot of musicians where it's like oh I don't do college or I gave up on music to go to college yeah. and I'm really meshing those two right now so it is a lot to handle I'm very busy all the time but um yeah even though those are stipulations I don't think that's ever made me question if what I was yeah. doing right yeah yeah and so you know sort of having the work ethic to keep going and try to balance those two is that persistence something that someone sort of inspired in you or did you just find that within yourself to do I think I just I think I just had that I come from a really driven family I think especially my immediate family is very goal-oriented and I think it was just kind of instilled. I'm a very hard worker, kind of no matter like what you throw me in, I'm going to give it 110%. So I think, you know, mixing that with like the want to do music and the passion to do music, it, you know, it kind of was a no brainer of how (laughs) dedicated and stuff I was. Yeah. And so you, you mentioned earlier that even before you really started releasing, you sort of plan things out got like uh you know a very important part got the social media handles down what sort of how have you used social media and have you seen that help your career yeah social media is huge I think you know there was a time and a place for live music and where live music was you know one of the few ways that you could kind of share your stuff but Social media is huge. And, you know, I don't have a huge social media following, but it is the best thing, you know, I could have done. I think that's another tip I'd give to artists to get on social media. Like, no matter where you are, what you're doing, at least have a handle for something. You know, it, it, you know, it, word spreads. I mean, I have analytics from Instagram and Facebook and Spotify. And just to see where your stuff goes because of social media, to me, is very cool. And it definitely plays a really, really big part in this machine of what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, for the actual music element of what you're doing, when you're 
coming up with the idea for a new song, what does that look like? Where do you sort of start the process of a new song from? Yeah. So, okay, it's kind of a tricky one. I'll typically hear, so oh, a lot of the ways that I get inspired for things is actually through YouTube. Funny enough, like I know type beats are a really big thing, but I I go through a ton of them and I'll just type in keywords and kind of listen for melodies and listen for something. And if I like something enough, I'll I'll save it and, you know, or, and I'll bring it to my producer and be like, hey, like, I really like this. Like, how can we play with this? How can we make it similar? And as far as the writing process goes, it typically comes very easy. I know there's like times where I'll think of a certain chorus or a certain bridge or something and I'll write it down. Everything is in, you know, my Google Docs and my voice memos is full of random things. Um, yeah, and it just kind of builds builds its way up to there until it's a product that I can <laughs> give out. Yeah, yeah. And so when when you're looking at these, you know, type beats, what sort of artists or what styles are you looking for there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my genre is, I like to say that it's pop overall just because a lot of subcategories fit under that umbrella and I have four songs released and two of the four I would consider more pop punk think like Jaden, Olivia Rodrigo, Paramore, Machine and Kelly think that realm I would consider the other one like soft pop so kind of like Cleed and Tate McRae and the other one would kind of be a mix of both um mm -hmm. so when I go and when I type in these type beats it's just typically I search artists of what I'm looking for so if I was looking for something pop punk I would search I don't know I would search Avril Lavigne or Paramore or something that some phrase or person that would embody what I'm thinking of and people create so many new type beats every day I have so many contacts of type beat producers that post on YouTube and it, it's crazy what you can kind of find on there but yeah yeah and you right now you're working with other producers but you're trying to learn music production for yourself once you sort of get that done get that down get a handle on it are you still going to try to collaborate or do you want to sort of try to take a more you know single-minded approach yeah yeah so I was studying music production at my uh old university in Florida um, the current university that I'm at doesn't offer music production as a the field of study just because mm -hmm. the school is not really made for that. And um, yeah. I, I have a minor now in music business, essentially, um, which is really cool. But I do try to learn production every day and take tips and figure it out. And, you know, I'll go into studios and I'll just sit and I'll just watch and I'll watch my producer do things and try to pick out you know what do I know oh what does that do and mm -hmm. kind of quiz myself in a way but um yeah it's a consistent learning process and as far as if I would continue to collaborate with producers I think absolutely I love the collaborative process it's my favorite thing yeah. in the entire world I'm so hands-on about it and you know I think as good as somebody is in their craft it's really important to kind of mesh with other people and see you know where their ideas are and you know just if I recorded you know I recorded my first song in Florida and you know how would it have sounded different if I recorded it here or somewhere else or with this person I think is a really interesting thought process to kind of go about so 
um yeah i think i'll continue to collaborate with producers yeah 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 and you know with all this collaboration all this inspiration you're getting from different sources how do you once you're inspired sort of take what you're inspired by and put your own spin on it make it sound you know more like kelsey olivia than paramore or olivia rodrigo yeah i think that part would be predominantly in lyrics i think you know in a lot of pop songs you hear you're going to hear the same chord progressions you're going to hear the same hi-hats the same drums you know you're just gonna you know it all repeats itself in one form or another and pop punk i think in a personal way is definitely coming back in some elements and you know it's gonna become not i don't think as popular as it once was but it'll definitely be up there so changing up musical elements can get a little tricky but i think lyrically just writing stuff that relates to me personally and relates to other people or situations that i know from other people and just kind of having that like pop punk rock sort of mentality with like these very relatable lyrics which I think is a slightly hard to come by so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you know uh with with the music you have released already is there anything that you know performed better or worse than you initially thought it would yeah so there's two songs that performed better than I thought there's one song that performed worse than I thought so my first song I Hate Strangers was something I wrote when I was 17 and when Mm -hmm. it came out a lot of people that I was you know my extended family friends hometown people had no idea and I kind of started a pseudo different life for myself down in Florida so it was really you know an odd thing for people at home to hear and that you know got really big just because of, I think, the pure shock that it brought to people when I was doing it. Um, it recently hit a little bit over 100,000 streams on Spotify, which is very nuts. <laughs> and um, yeah. just crazy. Um, another song is a song that is no longer on Spotify due to streaming issues, but it, it's a song called Lose Myself that I actually, I don't talk about it much, um, but it performed very, very well within the first couple of weeks. And uh, there were some streaming issues and it had to unfortunately be removed from the platform and it won't be making a return. But um, yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely a weird one. Yeah. And um, I think my second song Habits was the first kind of pop punk bubble-esque song put out and it doesn't do as well as the others. Um, you know, it was marketed a little differently than the others. I'm very strategic about that. And so that might've affected it, but a lot of people tell me that like habits is their favorite and it's really interesting to kind of be like oh, yeah it's funny because that <laughs> doesn't relay but um yeah definitely some interesting analytic yeah patterns. and this you know this song lose myself with streaming issues i know it can get a little muddy so you don't have to go too in detail yeah, sure. if, you, if you can't but what sort of problems arose with that and yeah you know, what sort of the motivation behind not making a return rather than trying to get it back. Sure, sure, sure. So I am very strategic about my marketing and I'm very strategic about playlisting. And there's a lot of playlisters 
that reach out to me and they're like, oh, we love your music. Like, we'd love to put you on. And, you know, there was a point in time before the lose myself problem where I wasn't that cautious and I was just kind of like, okay, like, I like your platform. Like, yes, you're free to use my music. Um, that definitely caught up to me and lose myself was reported for false streaming, meaning that there was somewhere in these playlists, whoever put my song on a playlist and was streaming it, um, was using bots, which essentially is kind of like, it's just a software that plays the song on repeat constantly and under Spotify's, you know, rules and things you oblige by that's considered kind of illegal by Spotify in good reason. And I had no idea this was going on. I reached out to a bunch of playlisters that I knew had my music and I was like, hey, what's going on? And, mm-hmm. you know, none of them reported anything, but Spotify's conduct saw it. And uh, that unfortunately cannot make a return to the platform for that reason. So, Are you a music artist trying to find a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible? Then check out DistroKid. DistroKid is a super user-friendly and super easy-to-use service that will make your music available in stores like Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, Snapchat, everything. Everything you could imagine is available. People will even be able to add your songs into their Instagram stories. DistroKid helps you with the distribution, monetization, and promotion of all of your music. Use the link in the description of this video for 7% off any DistroKid package you want. Pick from musician packages designed to help artists get their own music out there, or even get a label package where you can manage up to 100 artists from one profile. So that's more for like managers, labels, and you can also get the musician package that I mentioned earlier, which is more for artists, producers, things like that. It's super easy and you can get 7% off any package right now with the link in the description of this video. So once again, if you're looking for a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible, I'm talking any platform you can think of, get DistroKid and get 7% off right now with the link in the description back to the program. In this situation, like, you know, being sort of indirectly the reason you know you can't that's not really in your control at all are there any you know uh changes or help that you think spotify could implement to make sure you know this doesn't happen to other artists other songs Um, yeah for sure i think i think one thing that i'm not sure if they did this or not um Mm -hmm. there was a little bit of blurry communication but I think them reaching out to the playlist themselves. So I, when we were going through this whole issue, I had to send, you know, over playlists. I knew I was on contacts of them, how I got there, when I got there, when it ended, very meticulous details, but it was made unclear to me if they reached out to the playlisters themselves. And the problem is kind of left onto the artist in a sense. And um, yeah. I think just if Spotify or any other platform that comes across this would investigate more with the people that created these playlists themselves, I think, you know, it would be better because in a lot of these cases, you know, and I'm not the only one, a lot of the times it's not the artist's fault and it's, it's, it's hard, but 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, it could be Lose Yourself or any of these other songs, but do you have a song that would sort of best summarize your sound or pick a song to say, like, sort of, this is Kelsey Olivia? Yeah. I think the recent one, I think You'll Miss Me When I'm Famous is something that was really funny. The The name of it was not not going to stay. Um, I actually thought, I thought of the chorus when I was, I don't even know what I was doing. I think I was home. I was here and I was just walking around my kitchen, I think, and it, words sort of flying out of my mouth and I was like, oh, write that down, write that down. And I, yeah. I did. And it was a really interesting process of creating that song. And I think every song that we create gets better, which is all you can kind of hope for. Um, so I think, you know, production wise and lyric wise and just an overall sound wise for me, I think this song would be it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so if you, you know, sort of got this magical opportunity to make a song with any artist, any band in the world, who do you think you would want to collaborate with and why? Yeah, that's really tricky. I actually, I've never been asked that question. Oh, God. Um. Okay, I'm probably, I'm going to give, like, maybe two or three answers just because I'm very... Yeah, angry. that's that's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Um. Okay, the first one I'm going to go with is Machine Gun Kelly, and anybody who knows me know that I love him. So, <laughs> so I think that's a pretty obvious one. I think Olivia Rodrigo is a pretty good one, too. I think lyrically and stuff, she'd be really fun to work with. And I think, mm -hmm. I think a little left field, I'd probably say Khalid. Khalid, I think lyrically and just how fun his songs are and the relevance behind a lot of them is really cool. And I think collaborating with somebody in that mindset, in that headspace would be super fun. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those artists are definitely also seem to be artists that sort of have taken chances or like not just stuck to one genre one type of thing they've experimented with different kinds of things which yeah I'm sort of getting the sense that it's something you want to explore also in your career yeah I think you know staying under the pop umbrella is really important for me I don't think I'll ever stray from pop music but yeah I think it for sure plays a role in it you know Machine and Kelly went from you know back and forth a little bit from rap and pop punk and so did Khalid with you know R&B and bedroom pop and you know so did Liver Rodrigo doing some you know Paramore-esque songs and mm -hmm. some sort of ballads is it's really cool it's really an interesting process to me but it's definitely something that I'm kind of experimenting in and you know we'll see hopefully where those genres kind of coincide in some place yeah yeah and in terms of you know live performances moving forward do you have any sort of like bucket list or dream venues that you would love to perform at yeah um well the Newport um which is what I mentioned earlier that was in Columbus yeah. it's a very it's an older venue but it's a very you know popular venue it's a venue that a lot of big people have passed through and it's you know very timeless I think a very corny one but a very true one is Madison Square Garden <laughs> I think I'm sure you've yeah. heard that a lot that would be super cool and I think just here in Cleveland the queue or oh I'm sorry it's um what's it called now uh Rocket Mortgage Field House is what it's called now and 
Brown Stadium. Yeah. I think those venues are always super cool every time I'm there. And yeah, I think that would be very fun. Yeah. And so when you when you go to these places, are you sort of imagining it like if you got the chance to perform there, are you do you have, you know, images in your mind or is it just, you know, oh, this is like sort of of any that means something to me, I'd love to play there one day. Yeah. Um, I mean, I definitely like every time I go to a show, like I take notes on everything. I'm consistently mm-hmm. taking mental notes and um it, you know, it's just super cool to kind of think about and it's like set wise and stuff. I was at a show the other week. I was at Conan Gray and he had a lovely, lovely opener. I believe her name was Casey Hill. She had this like beautiful blue kind of set, like all the lights were blue. And blue, for anybody who might not know, is kind of like a staple color for my brand as an artist. And I take so many notes and I just snapped a picture of it and I sent it to my cousin. And, you know, I was like, oh, write this down, like keep this in mind. And, you know, I can't think I kind of do that with every venue, but especially the venues that are in Cleveland, I think those are just personal memorabilia yeah. for me. Yeah. And so is, is there a song of yours, you know, that you've released that's, your favorite you know that maybe you had a special moment while writing it or anything like that just a song of yours that has a special place yeah I think I would tie between the recent one you'll miss me when I'm famous and I hate strangers which is the first one I think the first one is you know it'll always hold a place because it was the first one and um it was something I wrote years before I actually did anything with it and um just the response on that one was super cool and the the current one I think you know just going back to it representing my sound and you know you get better as you go and you know if I was asked this question again in probably six months I'd probably say a different song yeah um but it, it happens and I think it's really cool to kind of look at where you are and reflect on where you were especially with my music so. yeah yeah and you know having such a long period between writing a song and like getting it released was there ever a moment where uh, where you were thinking of you know maybe being a writer more than an artist or was it just other instances other things that uh kept it from being released sure it you know I think the writing process the recording process the releasing process is a very long process and it's something that I love and it's something I'm completely hands-on with. And for the most part, I do it by myself. And I think a lot of juggling with it is just time. It's just, you know, me being a full-time student and going back and forth is is really hard. I'm actually going to uh, Pittsburgh Sunday uh, to record um, the fifth song. (laughs) So um, that's very exciting, but it is, it is very wild going back and forth. And there was a big gap of time between, you know, Lose Myself, which was the third song, and the one I just put out. And it was, mm-hmm. it was just so simply due to timing. You know, I moved out of school in Florida. I moved into school in Columbus. I was kind of shuffling. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, those are all the questions I had for you today. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on. And yeah. I'll be sure to keep an eye out for that fifth song. Um, where can people find you online you know any instagram anything like that you got that you want to promote yeah so 
my Instagram is Kels, K-E-L-S, Olivia Music. My website is my full thing. So it's Kelsey, Olivia Music. Um, you know, and if anybody ever needs to reach out with me, like my emails, my contact information is in both of those places. I'm very keen about keeping contacts there. And, you know, my Spotify, I'm just Kelsey Olivia and Spotify is very good at updating fans and people who are listeners. So um, I'd run there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you again. I'll leave a link to some of that down below and can't wait to see any mu any new music you have coming out. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much.